Hello, hello, and welcome back to Down the Yellow Brick Pod and a happy holiday season. If you are looking to treat the Oz fan in your life or your own inner child, venture on over to our Etsy swag shop at etsy.com slash shop slash down the YBP, where we just dropped our new wintry designs, including a feminists and pets of Oz line, along with an Ozaturgy dictionary definition design for all folks like us who wish this was their major in college. Consider shopping small and supporting independent artists in your purchases this holiday season. It matters immensely. Hello, friend. You are listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod, an all things Wizard of Oz podcast that will take you over the rainbow and down a yellow brick rabbit hole as we pull back the curtain on American culture's most visited fairyland. We are your hosts, Tara and MK, the royal revisionists of Oz and roommates in Queens, New York, here to preserve the rustic emeralds of yesteryear and reimagine an Oz for today and future generations. This season, we will be deep diving with the melodies of the many musical adaptations of L. Frank Baum's original Oz book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, taking up residency in the 1939 classic MGM film, as well as the 70s super soul hit, The Wiz. Visit our Insta at Down the Yellow Brick Pod for an accompanying scrapbook and fave space to connect, as well as our Patreon community where we continue the escapism and entertainment with Tiny Oz concerts, acoustic coffee shop covers and mashups, not sponsored by NPR, and other good witchy perks for each Patreon tier. Our Patreons are truly our MVPs. Consider joining our Oz fam today, it would truly make our day. May the world of Oz continue to be a bewitching escape in bewildering years, nostalgic and nuanced, and a magical refuge where two gals and queens can cross yellow brick roads with wonders like you. Thank you so much to all who entered our end of the season giveaway, as well as to those who left us glowing rates and reviews. We'd so appreciate you taking the time to enter our giveaway and send a little bit of love our way. It helps more than we can say. Our winners of our four giveaway boxes have been announced over on our Instagram, but we wanted to give a special shout out to our winners here. So congratulations to Stephanie of Polka Dots and Popcorn on Instagram. You will be receiving the Novelty Tins book box. Next up, congratulations to LAC Photography on winning our Oz Musical Rainbow Box, which includes the MGM Vocal Selection Sheet Music, 1939 MGM-inspired pins from Second Street Pins, and a free guitar or ukulele or voice virtual lesson with us to learn your favorite Oz song. Congratulations. And now the winners of our two big gift boxes were... Gabby Joe 7193 and Joey P in NYC. Congratulations, Gabby and Joey. And thank you so much to all who entered. Em, what is your next rabbit hole you'd like to take us down? Are you ready for this? No. I 
Can you believe? What is this? Can you believe? The stage is glistening. The stage is giving me um, P- PTSD of Over the Rainbow. Oh my god, it, it's the same thing, right? It looks exactly the same. What is this? The musical The Wiz was the Dutch musical revival of The Wiz. It opened in Utrecht, Holland in September 2006. Everything is in Dutch! Most of the character names were changed either to new names or Dutch words like, I can't even, I'm not going to try because it's going to be so bad. But (laughs) it is the whiz from what I can understand. And it has like the entire song list. I'm sharing my screen with Tara so she can see like these 17 songs all in Dutch. Wow. I mean, these costumes, it it, like the background is just light bulbs. It's like a Christmas tree. It really feels like, what year was this on? This was 2006. Yeah, I was going to say this is giving me early aughts. Yeah, here it is. I mean, Dorothy. is so, oh my gosh. It's like, it's, what is the style? It's just like Dorothy and like jean capris and silver heels with socks. (laughs) We just said capris. So that's all we need. (laughs) This is the most extra thing. I love it. And I will say, like, I want to get more into international versions of American musicals. Like, I and I got inspired by the Sunset Project because he has a whole episode on um, the German production of Sunset Boulevard. And just hearing them sing it in a different language, it makes you listen to the music in a new way. And I, I just even just a few of the clips that I heard of this Dutch version of The Wiz, I was like, that would be so fun to just listen to a musical that you know and love in a different language. And I love that this existed. It looks gorgeous. I can't find many clips on it, but. You could do like an Epcot of Oz, like go to all the different countries. Yes, that is what I'm here for. Um, international productions. Very right. cool. Em. Yeah. So that's that's my little. little uh, international portal. International portal. And I'll link the Oz wiki page to Nurlea Karim, who plays Dorothy, because there is a video of her singing "Home" um, on oh, on. Excellent, yeah. excellent. I want to watch that. Shall I take us back into the world of animation? Take us back, baby. I'm gonna Where do. I'm gonna do two of my animations. One that I grew up with as a child, so we'll go to that next. But one that I just watched for the first time yesterday, which is Tom and Jerry and the Wizard of Oz from. Yes. Eleven. My only knowledge of Tom and Jerry is that Gene Kelly performance from uh, Anchored Away, I believe, in 1945, where Jerry dances with Gene Kelly only because Walt Disney did not want to loan out Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Yes, you're right. Of course. This would be their first film, I believe, that they would be put in. But they were the most – their legacy is wild, Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Falling a little bit down that rabbit hole, they are designs of Hanna-Barbera, who have done Flintstones, Jetson, Scooby-Doo. Um, and <laughs> I love this. Um, they're an MGM cartoon, so we have the same, you know, Papa Bear um, in place of this whole entire property. So that's nice. That they got. I mean, they didn't have to do anything with rights to do any of this, which is great. Um, to be named Tom and Jerry, there was a, a contest that was created, and someone wrote in, you should name them the cat. You should name the cat 
Tom, the mouse, Jerry, and that person won 50 bucks, and now Tom and Jerry exist here. So they did, like, a whole big contest. They have, like, they have beat out Looney Tunes and statistics with, like, their their, um, popularity. Wow. In the past, they have broken Disney's Academy Award streak for animated shorts. Like, Tom and Jerry, don't sleep on them, my friend. No! Um, And... Ever since they had their full run on MGM from 1940 to 1957, I believe. And then it would be like a whole world of spinoffs after that. Like they would be illustrated by different illustrators after Hanna-Barbera. Like I know Chuck Jones worked on them for some time, who's the Grinch guy. So like they've had a whole life and journey. But like, yes, we're just I'm bulldozing through this. We're in spinoff land now of all these other properties that they would do. And this would be a straight-to-DVD release in 2011 of Tom and Jerry and the Wizard of Oz, which I so much enjoyed. So I, have not, I have not watched Back to Oz. There was a sequel that was created in 2016, which I did not yes. watch. Um, but uh, they have the jitterbug in, in uh, Back to Oz. So I did watch the jitterbug number because that felt relevant to what we're talking about today, which is with all of the original casts of MGM's voices. They don't do a new production number. They just use the track that was supposed to be in the original Wizard of Oz. It's really, really sweet. But this property is really cute. The animation is unreal. I love the animation. Gorgeous. Did you watch it, Em? Yeah. I, and I will say I grew up loving Tom and Jerry. I was like obsessed. Did you know about this? I know. I never watched it because this was beyond my time. 2011. I I wasn't watching them anymore. Um, Patrick grew up on them too. He was like, yeah. oh, they're legendary. Oh like, yeah. They're Tom and Jerry. I mean, Tom is usually um always ensuing, like either attacking a, a Tweety bird. <laughs> Tweet. Um, yeah, either like going after that and like Jerry's kind of always stopping him, but Jerry's always comes out on top. Like Tom usually gets <laughs> slapped around a lot more. <laughs> Generally Cute. Shorts. They're cute. They're very cute. I mean, cartoons too, like back in the, the 40s, 50s. Yes, yes. No, those are I, my did watch, I did watch the only thing I watched from the Back to Oz sequel was the Jitterbug, and it just was so cute. Yes. Misty golden glow around them when they were frenetically dancing. And then they finally would trap the Jitterbug in Dorothy's basket, and that would end the number there. But also, just want to presence James Monroe. Eigelhart is the jitterbug. He's the voice. What? Are you serious? I mean, there's lots of Broadway folks that worked on the Tom series. Also attached to Back back to Oz is Jason Alexander and Andrea Martin. Pretty cool. But going back to... so funny. (laughs) I know. Going back to the proper, just some things I wrote down while watching it because it was just so sweet. I really had such a good time. Yeah. Uh, Coffee the Munchkin Mouse is probably the sweetest little addition. I know. To this property she sings if i only had the height she wants to be big um and ferocious and that's something that she wants so she basically what this whole um adaptation is it's the mgm movie but if tom and jerry were there and they swear to aunt m i see them as like other pets with toto of dorothy that's kind of how i put it in my head they yeah. swear to aunt m that they will always protect and watch out over dorothy um instead of kind of you know getting involved in their foolish antics with one another. So they swear to do that. And when the tornado 
um, takes Dorothy and Toto away to Oz, they're also aboard the house and they also go and <laughs> they're them on the journey for a little bit. And that's when they meet Tuffy the Munchkin Mouse who fills them in on everything. And she says, I want to help too. I love so she, really, she has to kind of be there too because she's the only one with a voice um, since right. Tom and Lily don't speak. Yeah. Um, she's super cute. Um, I love the moment where she's singing Fall the Albrook Road, like, at nauseam, and they're just kind of, like, their heads are kind of doing the dizzy cartoon. Yeah. So cute. But um, I love – there's a few changes. Um, they do, like, an avalanche scene rather than the yeah. poppy scene. That's, like, one of the changes. Mm-hmm. Um, it also says in the sky, surrender Dorothy and Tom and Jerry. <laughs> they were there, too. <laughs> They keep in that the scarecrow has a gun when they go into the haunted forest, which I was like hilarious. Good, good eye there. Love that. Thank you. I love the winky guards as a Droopy and Butch, which yes. is so kind of sidekicks of this Tom and Jerry world. So if you don't know who I'm talking about, Droopy is like this jowly, jowly, monotone voiced dog that just kind of um <laughs> I can't even imitate. It's just so genius and good and funny. Who is just kind of an observer of things, I would say. Yeah. Um, and then Droopy usually has Butch, who is an anthropomorphic Irish dog, um, usually the antagonist, the antagonist to Droopy. So they've kind of had their own stuff. So they're just placed in this world. Um, Joe Alasky, I recognized his voice, who did the voices for Droopy and Butch in this Wizard of Oz movie. He's legend. He's no longer with us, sadly. He passed in 2016. But he is unreal. He's like the guy who did like all the Looney Tunes voices later on. Um, And I think he was on Rugrats. I think he was the grandpa on Rugrats. Like he's just a legendary boy. Such a good imitator too. I believe he did Bugs Money for a while. Like he did all like the big voices. Um, So he's featured in this, which is pretty cool. But also like Tom and Jerry are just responsible for everything in this version they're responsible for the water bucket they're they overhear through droopy and butch as the winky guards that the witch is allergic to um (laughs) you know she doesn't want any water also they get like one sick day every 300 days or something lol oh that was funny but um yeah like they overhear that so they're trying and failing to get bucket a bucket full of water because there's not many places to get water they get it from a well they try to go into the river and it just they keep failing until finally they like chase a storm cloud and fill it with water when we're in the wicked witches scene and they're the ones to put that water bucket there so dorothy can toss it on over so they're kind of involved all of this they're involved in the inciting incidents to like kind of trigger some of our big (laughs) things that happened i love it the animated Frank Morgan was one of my favorite moments. Honestly, the animation really charmed me. Very true to the MGM. Like it's pretty much directly a copy, but it's like honestly, so more vibrant and fun. The animation is worth watching. It's so this fun. It's so fun. And if you are a cartoon fan, obviously this is going to be a hit with you. I'm not a crazy like Saturday morning cartoon gal. Like I didn't grow up on Looney Tunes. I grew up watching for cartoons recess and doug and rugrats not not this like old school commedia del arte right yeah this style is not what i'm used to for tom and jerry this is much more 2011 updated you know Uh, 
course, of course. But it's but it's gorgeous and it's beautiful. The Emerald City sequences are honestly my favorite because I just love the color green they used. And the wash and brush up girls. Yes, the, the wash and brush up girls are fierce. Are fierce. I was like, this is also so like it feels 2010 like cartoons of like, this is for kids, but here's a girl in a high, high, high skirt. <laughs> like you're like oh, up girl quality. Yeah. Up girl. Yeah. Um, on the back of the DVD, there's some special features. If you would like to hear yeah. Tom and Jerry and the wizard of Oz classic style, you can experience the full length version with a sepia toned opening. Adorable. And then you have Tom and Jerry and the science of Oz. Here's our educational feature for the kids. Learn how a hot air balloon works, how to make a tornado in a bottle and other cool family friendly activities. <laughs> Learn how to make a tornado in a bottle. I should do that. Right? We should do it. Oh my gosh. I love this. I, I think it's so cute. And of course, like Warner Brothers owns Tom and Jerry now. So it's like yeah. just kind of had the same journey right. as our MGM 1939 classic. Yeah. It's awesome that they decided to do this because you never know what this, like who this introduced Oz. Oz. Yeah, it could be the first one. You never know. You never know, which is so hilarious. If that's I, your first I hope it's not your first, but you know. But I like the voice actors are incredible. It yeah. is well done. You just want to grow Eagle Heart? I'm obsessed. I, I love it. I, and I want to watch the sequel too. It just did not make sense for today since that gets more into the later Oz books. Yes. Yes. But now I'm a Tom and Jerry fan. I love it. Welcome. The other animation I will point out, obviously I've talked about this before. If you are like diehards of our podcast, this has come up so many times. This is the 1982 anime feature film. Wow. Um, that was originally a Japanese anime. Then it was adapted for a television um production in the United States in 1983. And this is the Wizard of Oz that has Eileen Quinn, Miss Annie of the OG oh. movie, which also Annie Live, my friends, is very, yes! very good. I said Annie Live and the old Annie will be my favorite Annie's forever and ever and ever. This is the Eileen Quinn Wizard of Oz, which I grew up with my nana bought the grocery store and i played it all the time and like i've said in previous episodes this is why i knew about things in the book because the only thing this really cuts out this animation cuts out is the journey to glinda that's gone like glinda shows up at the emerald city and like we don't do any of the dainty china country we won't we don't do any of the hammerheads that's all gone but everything else is there it's, and this is this has to be said. They're one of the only musical adaptations I think that have done the throne room being Ooh. all the different creatures. Oh, beautiful for the scarecrow, being the rhinoceros monster for the Tin Man, being the ball of fire for the lion, being the talking head for Dorothy. So they yeah. did all of that. They're, they, it's a pretty faithful adaptation. Um, Kalidas are in it and everything. It's pretty great. Um, I was obsessed. So this is just the bridge of my favorite song, Wizard of a Day. But there's lots of good songs. Like it's strictly, it's strictly Up to You is also a hit. Like yeah. it's also another bop. But I'm going with this one because there's a little mention of a certain holiday that is around the corner. Oh.
dishes. Bright as Christmas dishes or witches? Bright as Christmas dishes. That's what I heard. Christmas witches. Christmas wishes? Witches? Dishes? I heard dishes. <laughs> You're probably right. It's wishes. Bright as Christmas dishes. I thought it was dishes. Oh, I want one. Bright as Christmas dishes. It's the wizard of the day. Dishes. Okay. <laughs> It's so great. Also, want to point out one last little thing in this anime is that she wears red shoes, not ruby red. We can't go there. Ooh. But she gets red shoes. They're just red shoes, red magic shoes. We cannot say ruby red, though. And Dorothy is very, very blonde. <laughs> <laughs> um, Need to watch it. Um, this, one, this one is you got to watch with me because it is my childhood. I was obsessed. I feel like there's also like disco influences in that one. Like the baseline was crazy. Robin. Obsessed. Obsessed. And I want to watch the original um, Japanese version as well. That is on my never ending Oz to do list. <laughs> I know we need like a year to just sit and watch Oz things. <laughs> I know. I, I haven't watched a single holiday movie. But I will say though, it's been filling me with so much joy that it's it's working. It's it's done. It's working. Yeah, it's working. It's doing what Christmas movies or holiday movies tend to do, anyways. So, M, take me to a rabbit hole. Pretty 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 pretty. Well, going off of animation, this is not animated, but we're heading to something maybe animation adjacent. Do you know who that is, Tara? Ariana, right? That is Ashanti. That's Ashanti. She has sung everything. (laughs) She has sung everything. She has said, I'm going to do the encore production of The Wiz. Boom. She has said, Hilary Duff, Jessica Simpson, move over. I am Dorothy in the Muppets Wizard of Oz. When did she say that? Is that in the Muppets Wizard of Oz? That is just a, it's from like an album from 2009. So I think she just was like, you know what? Here's my album studio version of me doing all the. Yes, thank you. You know, blasphemy, but um, Stephanie Mills has an Over the Rainbow cover that I've never listened to. I know it exists. Oh, we are bad. We have to quit our podcast now. <laughs> we I will be. Like, wasn't supposed to sing that. Remember, we like read that contractual thing. She couldn't sing it. Yeah, she wasn't allowed to sing it. Yeah, I'm gonna sing it. <laughs> I am Instagram live, bitches. I love um, on Instagram so much. I'll give you all of the love. Well, The Muppets Wizard of Oz was an ABC television movie broadcast in 2005, starring Ashanti and The Muppets. <laughs> This was the first major Muppet production after Walt Disney Pictures purchased the characters from the Jim Henson Company. That makes sense. Like, this feels like a brand new era, right? They did not understand each other yet. They were like, how do we make this work? Um, another Disney Oz. Like, it's like another, like, not great. I'm already revealing my opinion of it. I think it's one of the worst Muppet movies. Like, it's not good. <laughs> but I don't even know it exists. Like, they, they don't even have it on Disney Plus. They're like, nah. You're like, like, you are not getting that. It's hard to find. Same with yeah. Oz the Great and Powerful. You got to like buy it off of Amazon, rent it off oh, of Amazon or Apple or something. Yeah. 
It apparently rarely makes reference to the 1939 MGM film. It relies more on the original book. Um, and our Ozwiki, say that again? It does. It does go back to the book. Yes. Yeah, which I love. It, our Ozwiki also tells us that this was not the first time the Muppets have journeyed to Oz. There are parody photos of the Muppet babies, which are like the cutest thing in the entire world, <laughs> that were published in the 80s based on the film. I'm obsessed. And the main Muppet cast of this film is the same for those photos, except baby piggy portrayed Dorothy in these photos, not Ashanti. <laughs> so here's your little cast breakdown. As Tara mentioned, Jessica Simpson and Hilary Duff were also considered. Can you imagine Jessica Simpson? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I can. <laughs> oh my God. I love Queen Latifah can get it. Okay. She's getting it. Ashanti as Dorothy, Rizzo the rat as the mayor of the Munchkin city and queen of the field mice. Kermit as the scarecrow. Gonzo as the tin thing. Fozzie bear as the cowardly lion. Pepe the prawn is Toto. I love Pepe. Pepe is the best. Miss Piggy as Glinda. Taddy Pooh, the wicked witch of the East oh, and the, witch of the West. <laughs> queen <laughs> Taddy Pooh. That's like the best choices. Also, Tati Poo. <laughs> like, she would be like, oh, I'm playing all of them. She's stunning. Like, that is excellent work. She also survives the house crashing on her, which is excellent. Naturally, she's piggy. She's really, really excellent. Like, that's great. Kermit as Scarecrow is great. There's really cute elements. It just is executed so sloppily. I see and- that. Easily, like it's just like it's the cheese that has gone bad in your refrigerator. <laughs> well, I do love that Queen Latifah and David Allen Greer are Aunt Em and Uncle Henry. Who's live? There it is. But no cheeses for us, Mises. No cheeses for us, Mises. Apparently, um, Quentin Tarantino shows up as himself, and Kelly Osborne is also Dorothy Gale transformed. It's ter- it's all terrible. That's like all where I'm like, what is happening? I yeah. like. I didn't even rewatch it even because I watched it a long time ago and I was thinking you should probably rewatch to comment on. Well, here's the reason why I did not do that. I knew you were going to watch it or look at it because you had never. And also our friend, Justin Peavy, whose podcast we always have a nice, beautiful ad for on our podcast. Yeah. He had an amazing, hilarious deep dive with fellow Muppet enthusiasts on this Wizard of Oz that uh, made me laugh out loud. And I was like, we don't need to do anything with this because his episode exists. It's very, very funny. His episode. Um, yeah. in the notes. It's yeah. if you want to know more or just like have a hot takes commentary on it, it's really great. <laughs> I mean, I love the Muppets. I love Oz, but I agree. There's, I mean, it's, it's also a time capsule again. It's just like, this is a very, and now, now that I know that, yes, it was the first Disney Muppet merger. That makes so much sense. Cause they were probably like, how do we do this? How do we get our footing? You know, but the biggest, some big differences, Dorothy Gale is a waitress in a diner owned by Aunt Em and Uncle Henry. And she wants to be a singer. Um, but Aunt Em and Uncle Henry are, or no, Aunt Em is basically like, no, I'm discouraging. I don't think that's the right path for you. But Uncle Henry is encouraging of her. As luck would have it, the Muppets are currently on a search for some new talent. <laughs> So Uncle Henry tells Dorothy to go audition for the Muppets. She manages to give uh, a demo CD that she made to Kermit before they drive off. Muppets were producing with Andrew Lloyd Webber, this reality TV show called Over the Rainbow. So she decided. She was like, hey, can I be a part of this? Throw her hat in the ring. (laughs) Her, uh, she lives in a trailer park, which is sort of like a modern, I guess, take on a prairie farmhouse. 
made me think of um, Danielle Page's Dorothy Must Die. I believe we begin in a trailer park in those books. That's really what I thought. Young Amy Gum. Yes. Amen. Oh, love Dorothy Must Die. So (laughs) Pepe as Toto, I'm obsessed, is her king prawn. And as the storm is hitting, she realizes she left him behind. So that's when the tornado carries her to Oz. Toto can now talk. Um, and she has the munchkins portrayed by the Muppet rats led by Rizzo who are like, yay, you killed the wicked witch of the East. Taddy Poo, uh, the good witch of the North played by one Miss Piggy gives Dorothy the silver slippers and sends her on her way. And the whole thing is like, the wizard is going to make you a star. He's Simon Cowell. He's Andrew Lloyd Webber. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have our friends, Kermit as Scarecrow, Tin Thing, uh, and Gonzo as the tin thing wants to marry his love, the chicken Camilla, which I'm obsessed with any sort of chicken in Oz. Hey, Belina. Um, the cowardly lion wants to, wants to become a stand-up comedian. It's just cute. I like that. Like that's a cute storyline. Like, cool. I could see little kids like loving this, but it's still not executed. Well, like the concepts are all there. It's just not done. Well, right. It's also a lot of like bad jokes, also <laughs> offensive jokes. They're oh, like, sure. For now I do love though. I think I forget which character it might be Gonzo I forget who does this they like look at the camera and are like you could press play on dark side of the moon yes. <laughs> yeah that's a whole a whole thing there you have like little nods like that which are cute which y'all patreons were having a dark side of the moon party this I'm December we're gonna have a good time yeah, there's cute yeah. things like there's little nods. Like the flying monkeys are a club of motorcycle enthusiasts. <laughs> the poppies is like a, is a club, right? The poppies is a club. Dorothy kicks the witch into a jacuzzi. LOL. Um, and they had to get they had to get the witch's eye in this one. Miss Piggy's eye. Yeah. Sorry, Miss Piggy. Actually, and the wizard. That's more of an adaptation off of the book because right. she only has the one eye. So if hey. you took her one eye. I'm proud of them. They like, they did their research, which I'm here for. Taddy Poo um, is, is that witch's name? I think it's Lacosta Taddy Poo, isn't yeah, it? I believe so. Isn't that great? Yeah. yeah they did research. They said, bomb, they, we see you. <laughs> we see you. Um, the wizard ends up being just a tour bus driver that managed to amaze everybody with a simple magic trick, but he does keep his promise. He puts on a TV show where Dorothy makes her television debut as the biggest star in Oz, but... That is also a scam and her song is cut short and she just decides she wants to go home. And then we, it sort of continues as usual. Glinda tells her about her shoes um, and little minor change. She returns home and she's still in her clothes that she was wearing in Oz. And she apologizes to Aunt Em and Uncle Henry in the diner. And Kermit is there wanting to make her a star. And Aunt Em finally gives her blessing to pursue her dreams. This plot is everything I've ever wanted and needed. And I love that Kermit is the hero because he is the best thing in the world. Kermit's magic. So I love that Ashanti is in the world of Oz many times. And I love that we have a black woman portraying Dorothy in a like adaptation of Oz. Um, But you're not a fan of her performance. She's pretty bad in this movie. (laughs) I, I like Ashanti's voice, but it's like, did she have an acting class? before this no they probably were just like hey we're gonna do this thing it just is very like she's like oh it's so uncomfortable at moments like she's not an actor right no 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 
And it's, I don't know, like, there's nothing charming about the performance. Like, she's, there's moments where I'm like, oh, she's really cute. When she's, like, living her pop star life, I really enjoy her. But, like, all the scene work, (laughs) I agree with you. It's nice to see um, a person of color cast in this role that's not the Wiz. Because that's what was happening kind of prior to this point. It would be like, oh, white people are in the MJ. We don't need Jessica Simpson. (laughs) Right. We didn't need that. We didn't need Hillary Duff or Jessica Simpson. They're fine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We can. It's kind of a blip. It is a blip. It is totally a blip. Um, My last rabbit hole is kind of a a three for one. Okay. These are origin stories. Okay. So these are like going deeper into origin stories. So I'm going to name them all. Okay. We got Miss Gulch Returns, a 19, early 1980s cabaret cult classic of the New York City underground cabaret scene that still gets done to this day. We've got that. We also have Was, W-A-S, which thanks to our friend Joey, we have a little bit more insight on, but it's impossible to search. So no footage. We are kind of in a tricky spot with that. From all I know, this is kind of all I can say on Was, so maybe we'll just let Was be. But we have access to some sound clips, which we I need to listen to more. I can't really get an idea just kind of randomly listening. I think I need to sit and listen completely. But Was is a darker origin story of Dorothy. And Jessica Grove, who um, we talked about this already on the pod, who played the Madison Square Garden, Dorothy, and did the tour in the late 90s, she played Dorothy in this adaptation, which I think was around 2005 times from what I'm seeing. So it had a lot of reading workshops, but I don't think it ever got fully, fully produced. So it's kind of, it's in that very sweet spot with if we have connections to someone who knows a lot, we'll know more. Yeah. So there's that, there's was, and then there's also the woodsman which is not really a musical, but I did include it on here. And I think that we're going to circle back to this eventually in our time because it is a pretty incredible piece, which you can watch in full on Broadway HD, and I highly recommend it. Um, It was a 2010 stage play that could also be classified as, it says here, a dramatico musical. Because it's basically that we've talked about The Woodsman before with the Tin Woodman chapter way back when. Um, in the book, and how this is Nick Chopper's origin story. Um, Those are the three I have, and I did a little bit of research on the other two. So let's go back to Miss Gulch Returns, because this is just magic. Um, Did you fall down any rabbit hole with Miss Gulch Returns? Oh! Okay, it is a parody piece. It had its debut in 1984, I believe. It feels very much... um, I kept thinking of the um, Miss Nelson books from forever ago, like Viola Swamp in the Miss Nelson books, because it's Miss Gulch Returns. It just made me think of like, Miss Nelson is missing. Miss Nelson is back. Made me think of that world. I think this time. Um, But it blurs the line between fiction and reality. The show builds on the premise that Elmira Gulch was an actress rather than a character portrayed by an actress who appeared in The Wizard of Oz as herself. (laughs) And who has existed beyond that film, most notably as a second-tier nightclub performer. Um, the show continues to be produced by independent theater companies around the country. It's The creator's name was Fred Barton, and the show continues to be produced by independent theater companies around the country. There's a 1960... I'm sorry. There's a 1986 album that is out and about on Spotify that you can listen to. Um, there's songs that are regularly performed in the cabaret scenes, all 
across the world. Like, it's definitely a hit, not just here in the USA. Um, this The original show won Fred a backstage bistro award for musical comedy performance for the 20th anniversary revival he wrote a, n- a new song called i could be an icon too <laughs> and it won um or it was nominated for best special material by the manhattan association of cabarets um the most popular song is pour me a man it's now a cabaret oh, here um recorded and sung on three continents um the show is fred barton's tribute to the unwillingly single revealed through Oh, it, this show is, I, I think it's just a who it's, it says here it's for the unwillingly single, <laughs> the I'm classic spinsters <laughs> and like people who feel like, you know, they've, they've faded it and like, where are they at? Let's check in on them. And this I'm is, it's, it's so great. There's, this is a little clip from theater mania, a show for the ages with a score full of sophisticated comedy numbers that would make Cole Porter proud. The lyrics are so cleverly constructed. The rhyme schemes so elegantly intricate and the message is so rich and ripe that they make a mockery of most of today's Broadway show scores. <laughs> it's, it's great. I mean, there's a lot to be said here. There's a lot of great clips on YouTube of this existed. Oh, you didn't know this existed. Whoa. No, this is a big. I've I've known about this. I've known. I need to, to go see a production of this because just to read some of these songs, you're the woman I'd want to be. I'm a bitch born on a bike. It's born not. On a bike. And born, born on a bike is a is a little bit of a um, joke on born in a trunk with. Oh with yeah. Things in a star is born. That's like a little nod to that. Give me give my best to the blonde <laughs> party girl. I'm obsessed. It's amazing. He, I just want to also share the origin story for this because it's pretty great. Like why he made this. Yeah. The show as a five minute turn at an after show cabaret in 1979. Barton had been hired as the musical director for a local production of The Wizard of Oz. But when the actress hired to play Gulch, the witch quit. Barton was asked to take over the role at late night cabarets following the show. So this probably was the Muni adaptation too. If we're talking 70s, this had to be the Muni adaptation. Um, Barton performed the song I'm a bitch <laughs> at the late night cabaret becoming an annual tradition as he returned to the part each summer um shortly following Margaret Hamilton's death Barton got to work working on a complete tribute to her character eventually culminating as Mitch- Miss Gulch lives which would open at a supper club Paulson supper club in November of 1983 um more edits followed in a sporting new title this new version of the show Miss Gulch returns would premiere off off Broadway in 1984 at the duplex theater in New York City he also, um, Barton was a big um, Forbidden Broadway guy. Like, he's totally in, yeah, in that world. Yeah. It's so fun. I want to talk more yes. about someone we need to get into our slipper hood. And I feel like Miss Gulch would really like to be in the slipper hood. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I think she is in her slipper hood. <laughs> we would see her if we put her in the slipper hood. There's so much I want to say. I have so many clips pulled up. But just to keep us trucking forward. Yeah. I also love that this, it appears that it is like done even recently. Like I found a production in September of this year. Like that's so cool. Yeah. I think, well, especially now, like in a COVID time, this is a one perfect one person show, which I think also you can have a woman do this. We want to put that out there. You can have a woman do this. Women can be funny in these kinds of situations too. Yes. Um, I, I think it's perfect for shows to do as like a, a cabaret black box piece. Yeah. Like online, even like a virtual performance, this would probably work really well. 
So yeah, she Miss Gulch lives. Miss Gulch returns. She's here. I think it's great. All right, um, obsessed. Say, and then with the Woodman, I just want to play this for you, Em, because we love this song. Is called Nick Chopper and Nimmy Amy. that they named her Nimmy Amy. They really had all of the book research done. The music to the show was so spectacular. So I got to see the Woodsmen um, at New World Stages. Jealous. Um, I had mixed feelings. I actually want to cite... The New York Times article, because I honestly felt the same way. Um, very rare do I agree with critics, but I really did agree with this critic. Um, so Laura Collin Hughes, Laura Collins Hughes, she praised the 2015 production. This is the one that I saw at New World Stage, um, especially for Hardy's music, which we just listened to, and or- Ortiz's puppet design. They are the two creators, James Ortiz and Edward W. Hardy. Um, while noting that the visual nonverbal storytelling, because there's no words in this whole thing, of the hour-long production was not always clear to the audience. I very much agree with that. I definitely felt like I was living in a very self-aware actor experiment, which I want in those. Yeah. I, actors are just breathing together, and that's supposed ah! to be... I remember you saying that. You're like, they just are breathing. I, I find it to be very self-indulgent. And I, I don't know why. That's maybe my own stuff that I need to work through. But there's something that I'm like, this isn't giving me anything. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. Let me just say it's my taste. It's not in my taste. Yeah. Um, and it's, it. Collins Hughes found the 2016 production to be less rushed and more assured, she would say, when it would open up later again. So I guess that was the 2015 production was not the one I saw. That was the different one. 2016 is the one I saw at New World Stages. And she said the visual lushness, which I agree with, was something that was beautiful but still felt that mechanics would get in the way of the fantasy during some parts of the show mm. um, but there were, the hollywood reporter would describe it as charming and disturbing a, a minimalist production as the antithesis of wicked the massively successful big budget oz based musical playing a block away so that's kind of cool that's cool i'm here i like that a lot i like i like that it was a very um different Different production relied on your imagination to fill in the verbal exchanges. Ah, I hear that. They really just focused on Nick Chopper's story. That was it. So just the Tin Woodman, why he lost all his body parts, who Nimmy Amy was, who was this witch that had cast this awful spell on him. So you get that. And that's, and the munchkins are like whisperers or no, I think she took away the munchkins voices. Oh, something to do with the story that's what i got from it um that the munchkins could not speak because of the witch being such a dominating presence and she was very controlling over them so it was very interesting i'm here for like a big reinterpretation of things you know the music is like what you would walk down the aisle to at a like yeah, it feels that way like i'm at a fancy place right now yeah Another show, though, I do want to go further with because it was one of those, it feels like a passion project for these people that they worked on for years for. So I'd love to know yeah. 
Yeah. For them. Right. Um, but I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. I will say I'm a fan did not love all of it, but I'm here for it. Like I'm, I think it's so cool that it happened. I me too. Anytime that it's any, like an origin story of Nick Chopper, that's cool that that's happening in New York city. I wish I could have seen it. Right. Okay. So just to get the timeline of the show, correct. It was conceived by strange men theater company based completely off of the wonderful Wizard of Oz um, and Bomb's 1918 book, The Tin Woodman of Oz. It debuted in 2012 at Standard Toycraft in Brooklyn, followed by a 2013 run at the Ars Nova ANT Fest, produced off-Broadway at 59E59 Theaters in 2014 and 2015, and then eventually at New World Stages in 2016. So it had a very long... Oh, yeah ahead of it but again go watch it on broadway hd pbs filmed it oh i'm gonna do that yeah it's worth it i would watch it again maybe my opinion has changed because i was also five six years younger you know we've matured (laughs) um do you have any more rabbit holes to oh my gosh do i ever i'll have a lightning round and then i have one final one lightning round this is this is cheating, but just in my research, I am obsessed that there's a Wizard of Oz audiobook from 1976 that Ray Bulger <laughs> did. It's not musical, I don't believe, but just shouting that out because I did not know that existed. That's the Disney M. Isn't that the Disney one? It says there's this whole other one. I don't know anything about it. It was released uh, on Cademan Records. So I don't know. We need to look into that. Um, and then one quick commentary on was that you mentioned. I love I'm, I'm linking a Playbill article. Um, it's, I, it's pretty much everything you said, but I love that the article is like uh, it says multiple times, as you can imagine, this is not recommended for children under the age of 13. Okay. <laughs> it apparently is like a much darker themed retelling. OK, OK. Lightning round again. Um, the Over the Rainbow on CBC, which was the Canadian version for the Andrew Lloyd Webber production, which they are wearing the same dresses. Um, Chris, Kristen Chenoweth was a mentor for one of the episodes. And there's this YouTube video where she just talks about like what Wicked and Wizard of Oz means to her. And that made me cry. Um I wish that I could have seen the La Jolla Playhouse 2006 version because the photos look absolutely gorgeous, especially Nikki M. James as Dorothy, Titus Burgess as the lion. Of the Wiz. Of the Wiz. Yeah, of the Wiz. I wish I could have seen that. That is the one that was ethnically diverse, though, which I don't know how I feel about that. Right. I'm not I'm not here for that. But yeah. I, I love Nikki M. James. Yes. Yeah, okay. All right. Last two. Uh, there was the National Tour of Oz which has a Todrick Hall connection starring Diana DeGarmo um, that toured in, I believe, 2009. And here's just a clip of Diana singing. accept it um american idol musical theater performers people like she love had her a musical theater career i think she's still i mean i'm saying it like she's not doing this anymore i'm sure she's still doing it she um, was like on for a while yeah hot take in the youtube comments diana should be alphaba asap um oh, so that was yeah so that was more of a touring and then it was like 
kids from local cities were involved as well. So it was, I think, more of like kids educational theater as well. And then my last rabbit hole is The Wizard of AIDS, Aware Individuals Deserving Survival, a short musical play created by the AIDS Educational Theater, which is now HealthWorks Theater in Chicago in 1987. It is a play which parodies the 1939 film, and it's an AIDS education piece that follows Dorothy Gale and her friends from the land of AIDS as they battle the Wicked Witch of Unsafe Sex, and they learn how to prevent the spread of HIV. Uh, The Scarecrow learns to use his brain to make good choices to avoid infection. The Tin Man finds it in his heart to feel compassion for people with the disease. And the Cowardly Lion realizes the courage to face his fears about becoming ill. During and after the play, cast members distribute HIV prevention literature and condoms to the audience. And this was also aimed for an audience of teens, younger adults. They would tour throughout high schools and college campuses. Um, And apparently it would spark some controversy because I think people were just like uncomfortable with talking about this topic Um, for a minute. Right. Right. Um, But it's pretty blunt. It's like, Hey, we need to talk about condoms. Um, And Dorothy actually, there's different strategies. Like Dorothy chooses abstinence. Um, So it's more, I know, I know. Hey, 1987, you know, I mean, I was taught abstinence (laughs) in 20, 2008. I feel like abstinence is like, yes, I don't know. There's so much there. We won't get into it, but (laughs) it was not abstinence. Like I can choose. Exactly. Like it, it looks like Dorothy's like, this is my specific choice as opposed to like fear-based. But I'll link this whole YouTube video where there's a whole interview with the creators of it, which is super interesting. Just keep in mind. I mean, it's from the eighties. So like, a lot of it is dated, but here's a little audio of Dorothy's little monologue at the end. Oh, love you. Oh, and love you all too. But I have to get this information back home so that HIV will stop spreading. Oh, but how can I get home now? <gasps> Look, here's someone who can help you. I'm choosing to be sexually abstinent, and I still have to use my brain to keep informed about AIDS and safer sex practices, and I have to use my heart to love myself and people with AIDS. And I have to keep up my courage so I can speak up about AIDS prevention no matter where I am. Is that right? That's all it is. There it is. So that gives you just a little taste of that. And there is musical elements throughout. So that's my final rabbit hole. Um, Unbelievable. Right? We bopped all around in this episode. Bopped all around. So listeners, we... There is a big, big hole in this episode <laughs> that we did not cover, but we have a surprise for you next oh, yeah. week. Oh, yeah. See if you can guess what it is. Yes. Clearly, this would be in here if we didn't have a surprise for you in the coming week. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. Stay also, tuned. as we're wrapping up, this is our last official recorded episode since the surprise is something we've had in in the works for quite well, This is our last recorded episode. So we are going to be picking back up with season three come either end of March, early April. So springtime, we will be back, but we're going to be very, very active on our Patreon. We're going to be doing maybe some work with over the rainbow, um, (laughs) going to go into once upon a time on there, talking about how Oz got woven into that wild fairy tale drama that was on ABC in again, this, sensitive time of like when TV was also like 
not really as established as it is now. Like TV series were not as like what they are now. And the 2010, right? 2010 is when Once yeah. Upon a Time. Yeah. Uh-huh. So That's have- a big year for Oz-related things, it appears. Yeah, and we also want to do some like return to Oz connections with some of the other like darker kinder traumas of the 80s. Oh, labyrinth. Fun on the Patreon. So if you want to stay connected to us, come join our Patreon. We have lots of different tier options. We are with you whatever you can give. We will we hope to give you an experience that makes you feel warm on side like Oz gives to us. Yeah. So come join us over there. I can close us on out with one of my favorite little Oz recordings once upon a time on the great plains of Kansas. Well, we love you listeners. We'll see you for our last episode next week and see you in 2022. Bye everyone. On May 17, 1900, the very first copies of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum were printed. Deemed one of America's first original fairy tales, the book has been adapted several times on the stage and screen. In the 120 years since the book was first published, 39 more official sequels were written, and The Land of Oz became the center of many films, scripts, and short stories, in and out of the canon. Join me, Justin Peavy, as I explore this iconic franchise, reading every book, taking a deep dive into some of the lesser-known installments, and comparing adaptations to their respective source material. The wonderful recap of Oz is now streaming on all major podcast platforms. For more info, you can follow me on social media at OzRecap. Thank you so much for listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod. If you are feeling frisky with your fingertips, scroll on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a glowing rate and review. Until next time, catch us at Down the Yellow Brick Pod in our Technicolor scrapbook on IG and partying on our Patreon. Gratitude to our patrons of present and future for making more magic possible. Let's escape to Oz soon, okay? TTYL!